Welcome in and thank you for listening to Creek Talk, a podcast produced by Abner Creek Baptist Church, where we aim to use this means as a way to glorify God by having public conversations about the body of Christ. We hope today's recording is helpful for some of you. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you for joining us. Today we have special guest with us, one of our elders of the church, Steve Fisher. Steve, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Let's get to know Steve. Um, let's start with the basics. Uh, Steve, we know your first name. Steve, what's your full name? When's your birthday? And can you tell us about your family? Okay. Uh, my full name is Steve Fisher. Uh, my birthday is April 10th, 1949. Which and, makes you how old? Uh, 74. 74 years old. Full-fledged 74. Steve is the, among our elders, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve is the elder elder. I'm the eldest of the elders. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And we feel his wisdom regularly. Mm. Can you tell us about your family? Yeah. Um, I'm married to Beth uh, Hendricks Fisher. She grew up in Abner Creek. Mm-hmm. And um, we have two sons, Wes and Reed, and four grandchildren. And I'm very fortunate that uh, we live on a small uh, part of our family farm, and both sons live on either side of us. With their, they're both married with their spouses. Great, you see them often then. Yeah, and grandkids. Yeah, I do. Tremendous. See, what do you do for a living? And can you tell us maybe what you like about it and dislike about it? Sure. Um, I work for a trust company, and um, I've done this for probably thirty years. We ad- we administer. Uh, trust and endowment funds um, we do estate settlements at times when um, when we're named uh, we have an investment division and that's not the part that I do I actually work with the clients and um, and, uh, um, and help administer the documents the way that it directs us to do okay and you've been doing that you said how many years About a little over 30 years what did you do before that I taught school Huh, like high sure. school? Uh, middle school. Middle school. I taught English and history and social studies. Why'd you make the switch? You know, I, um, I just felt like I, that I, I needed to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend that um, was in the financial industry, and we'd been talking. I was in the Army Reserve then, mm-hmm. and he was one of my friends there. And, and so I made the change. Okay. So your firm has an investment group, you said. That's we not do. that's not your division. That's right. Your division is more for it's the administrative part. It's um and we're actually owned by a bank. Okay. Um out of Thomasville, Georgia. So but um we handle endowment funds. Okay. You know, for charities or different groups mm-hmm. and also there you know, you know, there are times when uh, people leave money for grandchildren and children or spouses after their death, and we, we work with those. Okay. What is your title there? Well, you know, banks give out titles. Yeah. I mean, it's a big title, but don't be <laughs> impressed with it. I'm senior vice president and trust officer. Emphasis senior. It, right. I got the senior <laughs> genuinely, you know, because I am a senior. Well, I am impressed sitting among a vice president today. Yeah. Yeah, but there are a dime a dozen in the yeah. bank. Steve and I know each other well just because we serve so closely together as elders, and so you'll pick up on a little bit of 
how I like to pick at him. And Steve has a good sense of humor um, that he might be reserved with in this podcast. But the more you know him, you'll pick up on his sense of humor. Steve, can you tell us uh, what you like and dislike about your job? Well, I enjoy the interaction with families. Really, yep. that's the favorite part. Um, uh, you know, particularly with um, working with them after someone has died. And, and then I many times trust are for children and grandchildren, and we get a chance to work with them as well. Mm. Um, the part that I dislike the most really is about this time of year, and that's tax season. Mm. That's, it's just um, because we're kind of on a deadline, we have to do a lot of preparation before the beneficiaries that we work with can do their personal tax returns. So, okay. um the busy season. It's just busy. Yeah. When did you become a Christian? You know, I, be, I was actually baptized. I think I was in the fourth grade. And um, I don't I don't remember knowing a lot. I, I do remember that I had heard, you know, sermons on heaven. And the part that stuck out to a fourth grader was that we'll be singing hymns to the Lord mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And that really didn't appeal to me much. <laughs> but when I heard the sermon about what hell was, I decided I'd rather sing hymns <laughs> rather than spend eternity in hell. So <laughs> it was a pretty easy call. That's a good choice. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in a Christian family? I did. Okay. Yeah, both mom and dad. You know, we were in church most every Sunday. And um, I, uh, but as... I don't really know a time, I think, when I really, I mean, I, I knew the Lord and I knew how important he was, mm-hmm. but um, I tell you, um, and I went to church and I felt guilty if I didn't, which is, it's a good thing because you develop a habit. It mm-hmm. makes you think, um, but like I said, I was in the reserves mm-hmm. and I spent um, four or five months in Oklahoma at Fort Sill for my reserve officer training. Mm -hmm. While I was there, um, I'd sneak out on Sundays and go to church. Most everybody else was sleeping late. Mm. But because it's crazy, I didn't want them to know. Um, But my buddies, one of them had a grandmother who actually lived in a little town outside of Lawton where the Mm -hmm. Fort Sill was, a little tiny Mm -hmm. prairie town. And she was part Indian. And she invited us all to uh, to lunch one Sunday. Her name was Goldie Potter. And I remember, and this really has stuck with me, that there were about five of us that drove out there. And Goldie came out and met us, and we were getting out of the car, and she would shake everybody's hand and look at them. And I was the last one. And when she got to me, she um, she grabbed my hand, she looked at me, and then she put both hands over mine. And she said, you're a believer, aren't you? And it embarrassed me. But what I grew to understand is that when you are, it shows that you represent Christ. And I didn't realize it. How old were you then? Oh, I was uh, 22, 23, I guess. Wow. Um, But uh, because I hadn't always... 
I, I was more wanting to be a part of the way the world was living mm-hmm. rather than the way I should. Mm-hmm. And Goldie really got my attention wow. with that. That's tremendous. If you could be 21 years old again, what would you tell yourself now knowing more now? Well, there are a lot of things I could tell myself uh, about eating. and uh, But looking back on it, because I think all of us have regrets, I, I think I, I would um, remind myself how important a close walk with the Lord is. Mm-hmm. The bad decisions that I made, I made outside of His will. The biggest mistakes that I've made, I've made without um, actually seeking God's leadership. Mm-hmm. And so I, I learned by trial and error, which is not the way to do it. But I think I would. I would focus more on on um, staying close to the Lord. And it also, I'm, I missed opportunities to share the gospel with others mm-hmm. that I can't go back and change. Yeah, I'm sure even... You just talked about not wanting your colleagues to know of you going out to church. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's something that you would look back and tell yourself, you know, what's the big deal? I know. You know? I, I mean, I think back on it, but I, um, I, I guess really, see, I, I grew up with a, a sister who's wonderful. She was older. I was always envious of um, my buddies that had brothers. Mm. And so I wanted that close relationship, you know, with brothers. And yeah. now these were really good guys that I was with. We had a lot in common, but um, I missed an opportunity. Yeah. You know, when they found out that you were a Christian, that you went to church, did any of them mock that? Or? No, no. And they wouldn't have. Yeah. You know, they weren't that way. I, they did catch me one time coming back. Yeah, where have you been? And I, <laughs> I had to tell them, yeah. and but it was no big deal. Yeah. You know, it was just silly. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, Steve, if you could have dinner with one famous person currently living, who would you pick and why? You know, um, I don't really have a famous person that that I would select. What really came to mind when you gave me these questions mm-hmm. is. Um, my closest friend in this world, outside of, of course, my wife, mm-hmm. um, I grew up with. He's um, Don Stokes, great guy. Still living? Mm-hmm. Okay. Still living, has family. And over the years, we've just, um, I haven't pursued that friendship, and I miss it. Mm-hmm. And we both got busy, you know, with our families and uh, they live close by. They live in Greenville. Hmm. Um, wonderful Christian guy and oh, wow. family. And it just reminded me, it's been on my heart, that I, I need to um, to begin to rebuild that hmm. friendship. What do you appreciate about him? Well, it's because he knows me better than anybody on earth. Hmm. Um, You've known him a long time then? Oh, yeah. I mean, he knew me before I married. Okay. And so he knows things about me Beth doesn't know. No. But um, but he's always been a, a dear, loving friend, and we just shared a lot of times together. And, and I miss that. Yeah. I, I imagine it's one of those type friendships where even if you haven't seen or talked to him in years, when you do see him and talk to him, you kind of pick up right where he left off. You do. 
it's yeah you really do it's good to have those friends it is and you don't get many opportunities yeah with folks like that you know i've got a lot of friends that are friends but no one like don yeah well you're gonna plan to reach out to him i am good yeah very good i will what does a fun relaxing day look like to you okay i've got two okay the the most fun relaxing day is when um Beth and I can take time away. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we did this for years, you know, and those were great times, you know, a weekend away, a long weekend, or even when we were raising children. But now she's very involved with her 98-year-old mother that mm-hmm. you know. And um, so on Thursdays, uh, we have that opportunity mm-hmm. that other people are filling in for her. Mm-hmm. And um, those are times I really look forward to. We may drive up in the mountains. Um, I mean, sometimes it's something as exciting as going to Costco and do, <laughs> but we're doing it together. Yep. And that's the important part. That's right. And my other, my second choice would be, you know, we live on a small farm. Mm-hmm. Um, would be the times I spend with my sons and my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the farm, like we did yesterday, yeah, and um, fencing or gathering cows to try to uh, treat them, worm them, mm-hmm. you know, select who we're going to sell and who we're not, yeah. And those are just really good times. That's good. Yeah. I'm imagine you're, if you had a third day, relaxing day, you would pick a Sunday full of elder meetings. Yes, I would. Good. Yes. Um, <laughs> that that's that's. On my list is number three. <laughs> Good. And I'm you, supposed to be real honest here. I that's think. right. That's okay, right. that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your first answer is spending time with Beth, even on just ordinary things like going to Costco. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, Collier and I, who have a house full of kids right now, when we get a break and we, no offense to anybody who does this, we kind of joke with each other that we feel like we're getting old because some of our date nights turn into getting something brief to eat and then going to take a trip to Lowe's. Yeah. yeah. So. That, I can, I can relate to that. <laughs> uh, Steve, what is the most influential book you've ever read outside the Bible? Okay. Um, well, you know, we share an interest in history. Yes, we do. I, I love books about, um, you know, World War Two and mm-hmm. and Civil War. I, I like Southern authors, mm-hmm. their novels. Um, but in in reading this, what I and I shared this at an elder meeting recently. Um, my I ran across two of my dad's diaries. He died when he was fifty five. My father um, served in the army in World War Two. He was captured in North Africa. Um, his whole platoon, he was a second lieutenant platoon leader in an armored division. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole platoon was destroyed on February 13th, uh, 1943. Mm. And uh, only but not two, your dad? Not my dad. He wow. survived and one other. Wow. Um, he was burned badly. Uh, the tanks would catch fire. Mm. And it leg was was severely uh, broken but um he spent the next 18 months as a prisoner of war and um from italy and as the allies would push troops back they would move him Mm -hmm. finally the last camp where he spent most of the time was in poland Mm -hmm. 
But um, what's amazing is he had these two little diaries. They're pocket size. And um, from the time that he landed in North Africa all the way through un- until the time that he was repatriated, they because he couldn't go back um, in service as a soldier, the they did a the Germans and the Americans did a prisoner exchange mm-hmm. before the war was actually over, um, and the German guards when they would search him they let him keep these, but he it. It really, I could picture my father in reading, and these are personal thoughts, you know, where he's not telling a story. He's telling how it affected him. Wow. So he's writing diaries as a prisoner of war. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My dad was an avid writer. Mm. And almost every day, every now and then he'd miss a day. But um, the whole time he was in these prison hospitals in Italy, he, he kept notes. Hmm. kept diaries and um he talked a little about the the battle mm-hmm. because he made a a note on the 12th of february the day before um that you know he indicated something was up i guess mm-hmm. they they knew they were close to the enemy whatever but it it gave me an appreciation for my father that i really didn't have yeah because um, those experiences, he had trained with all of these men in his platoon for over a year and a half. So they were close. Yeah. And I imagine it lets you see a different side of your dad than you. I do. Had and I, it, under, uh, it developed, it, I understand more about who he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a great father. Yep. Loved his kids, worked hard, provided for us. And he was a believer? He was a believer. He became mm-hmm. a believer. Um, Actually, um, just a few days before this battle took place. Wow. Uh, at least I think so, mm-hmm. because I found there's a pocket-sized Bible that the uh, government gave, so, gave soldiers. Mm-hmm. It had a little steel plate in the back, so you put it in your breast pocket yeah. over your heart. Yeah. And it had the plan of salvation in there. Mm-hmm. And so my dad signed it and filled it out and signed it February 12th. Oh, how about that? Yeah. But he was he, even though he had a dysfunctional home, he spent a lot of time with aunts and uncles that were Christians. So he had mm-hmm. been exposed to the gospel. Yeah, you know during that time. But so those are real treasures. Absolutely. Me. Yeah. I mean that's better than anything you get on a bookstore to influence oh, yeah. you. So. Yeah, it really was. Wow, that's great. What's one thing most people don't know about you? This is crazy, but um, I actually was on the skydiving team at the Citadel. When I was in college. I didn't even know that. Well, it's, it was very brief. Wow. Um, my freshman year, I signed up, and there were six of us that went through the training, and we made two training jumps. Um, and then the school lost its liability insurance, and so they, they, they did away <laughs> with the skydiving club. Uh, there was some issues, I think some – some issues that I won't go into Mm -hmm. that. um, And so the insurance carrier for the Citadel Mm -hmm. um, decided they weren't going to insure the club members. And Mm. it was just stuff that kids do immature. But you know, Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with airplanes and things, it's kind of dangerous. Yeah. 
but anyway, I had two thrills. I got to jump out two times. Wow. And, uh, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that, had you done, you'd never done anything close to that before, I'm assuming. No. And what's funny is I was one of the last ones to go up. They could only take two jumpers at a time. Mm-hmm. And you go up with a, um, an experienced one. And then it was a real small plane. And they took all the doors off. Yeah. And so you're sitting with all the doors off oh, on this plane. I couldn't have done it. And um, I was watching them. And a couple of times, the t- students would come down with the plane. They wouldn't jump out. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> that would have been me. I made up my mind. I said, I don't care if I die. I, I am not coming back down uh-huh. with this plane and get humiliated. <laughs> so, but the first jump was pretty terrifying. I'm sure. But it, it worked out fine. So that's a little side nugget of information, a Citadel grad. Yeah. Yeah. What year? 71. How about that? Yeah. Uh, by the way, my dad, hit, and this is crazy too, um, you had to provide your own parachute, so he found a used one. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Paid a hundred bucks for, it, but it was one designed for. It was not a military chute, mm-hmm. so um, it worked fine. Thank goodness. So hey, Dad, I have a college class I need to get a parachute for. Well, just use this used one here. Yeah, son. he found one at Donaldson Air Force Base. <laughs> <laughs> Bought it for me. Oh, that's good. Uh, Steve, who are some of your spiritual heroes? Well, let's see in in scripture. One of my favorite, I mean, there are a lot of them, of yeah. course, you know, but is Caleb, mm. you know, that uh, was one of the spies when yeah. they were in, he and Joshua were the only two that came back from the promised land and said, we can do this. Mm. And um, and then 40 years later, when they were going back, um, he went to, I guess, Aaron mm-hmm. uh, that had taken over then. He was 80 years old, according to scripture, and he said... I want to go to the hill country. And that's where the giants were. Mm. He said, the Lord has said he would give them to me where they have walled cities and giants in literary terms. Mm -hmm. That's not. And, um, he said, the Lord will give them to me. Courageous guy, man. I thought, what a great guy at 80 years old. He was ready to get even with the giants. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, can you tell us about a hard season you've walked through as a Christian and what God taught you? Yeah, um, I got laid off uh, from my job. Um, let's see, my oldest son was at Clemson, and my youngest was getting ready to go. And um, they did some downsizing, and I was in the trust business then. Um, and, you know, that's a time when expenses were pretty high. Mm-hmm. But I remember I came home that day, and Beth was cooking, and I was in the kitchen, and I just sat down at the dining, uh, the kitchen table, and I said, uh, she said, how's your day? <laughs> I said, well, um, I got laid off today. Mm. And Was she working at the time? I uh, know. Okay. Well, let's see. No, yeah, she was. She was teaching school. Okay. She had gone back to teaching. And... Um, Instead of being upset, she just said, that's okay, you'll find something. And that was the end of it. I mean, I thought she'd be really worried. Yeah. Her her trust in the Lord was greater than mine mm-hmm. at so many times. But, um, and eventually I did. And things worked out well, of yeah. course. And, um, 
but th- there was about six months there where it took me that long to find something. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, I've, I've been working since I was 13. Mm. So that was pretty tough. Yeah, I'm sure. What's something that you're wanting to grow in most right now? Um, I think the more that I, I, I realize the responsibility of being an elder, mm-hmm. um, I'm not there mm-hmm. where I should be. And I mean, I'm honored that I've been selected for that. I, uh, but it, um, it's really changed my way of thinking in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. that, uh, which is a good thing that I should have had this before, but the responsibility that, um, I have to, to genuinely live a life that reflects Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's been a good thing and that's what, what. I hope I'm growing in. That's good. We'll wrap up with this one, Steve. If somehow this podcast is listened to by a new Christian 200 years from now, and you're the first help that they have found for their Christian faith, what would you want to tell them? I think, and I thought about this a lot, I I think I would tell them that the Jesus of the Bible is the only source of real truth Mm -hmm. the only source of genuine hope the only source of true happiness and contentment and the the only source of security um they won't find it in the world yeah that's good well steve I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for being with us. Okay. Thanks for your questions. Absolutely. Um, get to know Steve better if you don't already. Uh, Steve, I want it to be on public record how much I appreciate you and how much you teach me and how much I learn from you just being a fellow elder. Um, and I, I mean that. So thanks for the work that you do in our church. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Creek Talk. We want to encourage you until you listen again to glorify God, proclaim the excellencies of Jesus Christ, and make disciples. Have a good week.